Hello everyone, I'm Joel Van Hoogen and this is the Bread of Life. This program is brought to you by Church Partnership Evangelism. To learn more about our reach around the world, go to traincpe.org. And to learn about our missions fellowship in Boise, Idaho, go to breadoflifeboise.org. When Jesus died on the cross, John tells us that one of the last things he said with a great shout was, It is finished. The word in Greek means, it is accomplished. In fact, just before this, John says, quote, Jesus, knowing that all things written in the scriptures were accomplished, said. And then John gives us some of Christ's last words. Jesus knew what he did when he died for you and me on the cross, and he declared his triumph for all to hear before he turned himself into death. If you believe his boast is true, then you must believe that all the work needed for your salvation is already accomplished by him. So listen in to understand why we are saved by faith and not by our works. The mockers had called for Jesus to come down from the cross to prove that God loved him. Jesus would not come down from the cross. He remained upon it in order to prove that the Father loved us and loved them. He accomplished their salvation He accomplished our salvation by suffering completely for our sins and replacing our defilement with his perfect righteousness so that redeemed, bought back from ruin, we might come into a relationship with God. Paul, reflecting on the work of Jesus Christ on the cross, puts it this way. He loved me and he gave himself for me. That's what the cross is. By the way, here's an application for us. This is a statement in Scripture that you can never cease to meditate on. You will never know the fullness of all that Christ accomplished for you on the cross. But here's an application for you. There is nothing left for you to do to earn your salvation from God. Nothing. Nothing. There is nothing left for you to do in order to live in reconciled peace with God, but to accept that Jesus has paid it all, that he's done it all, that he's finished and accomplished the work on your behalf. Now, how hard is that? It's very hard. (laughs) Because all of our lives, all of our lives, we've lived our lives earning things and deserving things and acquiring things with our wiles. And we've been able to do all those things. And having done all those things, we basically come to a point where we can somehow say to ourselves, I've earned it. I deserve this. I've gained it. I did this. But not this. Not this. Not being right with God. Not having your sins forgiven and paid for. You can't earn it. You didn't earn it. The Lord Jesus did it all. And it's required of us only one thing, that we are to confess this truth and believe that it's true. And to receive what he freely gives us. And receiving it, to demonstrate that we truly believe it, we have to stop trying to earn it. We have to stop trying to deserve it. We have to stop trying to gain it. We have to stop doing it for ourselves. It's a contradiction to what he's done and what he's given us, freely given to us. We're to live in the freedom of what he freely has given us at his own expense, eternal life. We're to live in the freedom of what he's freely offered up to us and simply drink in what he gives us. Yesterday, our men were meeting for a, a 
a breakfast time and we were talking about what is it that we have that we truly receive freely because the fact is if you start thinking about it and calculating it almost everything that you take up in life in some way you think you did something to get it for yourself well we came up with one thing air air you just breathe it in you don't earn it you didn't do anything for you just breathe it in that's what faith is faith is the lungs of trust and belief that just takes in what Jesus has offered freely of himself and rest in it and in, in it lives and thrives and goes forward and it's all been finished it's all been accomplished you don't have to earn it eternal life is yours forgiveness of sins is yours fellowship with God is yours forever it's been accomplished you just receive it and breathe it in Here's the third thing the Lord Jesus says. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. My understanding is when he shouted, he shouted out, It is finished, and Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. I think these came in quick succession. The Lord Jesus' words on the cross began at the beginning of his crucifixion with the statement, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. In the middle of his agonies, he doesn't call out and say, Father, he says, My God, my God, but now he's... Back to addressing God as Father. And the Son commits himself to God saying, Father, into your hands. And in this moment, the Lord Jesus, who has entered into our spiritual death and borne the wrath and judgment of God, is now not giving himself over to eternal death. He's now just simply giving himself over to physical death. And for him, it's not a penalty. For him, it's a moment in which he just lays himself down into the arms of his Father. For those who live in the accomplished redemption that Jesus has made for us at the cross, dying for our sins and giving us freely his righteousness, and by faith we take hold of that and believe that, physical death is not a punishment anymore. It's just a moment in which we give ourselves over to, and we rest ourselves in the hands of the all-powerful and almighty God. In fact, the Bible says that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And we've said this plenty of times, but we're not a body with a spirit. We're spirits with a body. And when I give my life to the Lord Jesus, He claims my spirit and I'm bound to Him. And the day in which I leave this body behind, I'll be in the arms of my Savior. I'll be in the hands of my God. The author of Hebrews tells us in 1031, that it's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God, but it was not for Jesus. It was not for Jesus. And it's not for those who've come into the death that Jesus Christ has given for them and into the life that he is providing for them. There is something interesting in what Jesus is saying here, though. There's an element in Jesus' words that none of us could ever say. Look to John chapter 10 for a moment, if you'll turn there. When Jesus says what he says, into your hands I commit my spirit. John tells us right after that that he gave up the ghost. We'll think about that in just a second. We have to understand it in light of what he says here in John chapter 10. John chapter 10, let me read to you verses 17 and 18. He actually makes this statement before the same religious leaders who are now assembled beneath his cross and have been mocking him throughout these six hours. He says these incredible words. My father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have the power to lay it down, 
and I have the power to take it up again. What a boast is that? Not one of us could say something like that. We don't have the control over our lives, and we don't have control over our deaths, and at any moment our deaths can come to an end suddenly, unexpectedly. And once we die, we have no power to bring ourselves back into life. But Jesus claimed all the power was his, both to give his life at the moment of his own choosing and to take it up by his own power. It's kind of interesting that the crucifixion was set up in such a way that it would extract out as long as possible a person's death to make it as miserable and difficult as possible. And it usually took a healthy middle-aged man, a man in his 30s, Jesus' age. It would take them three or four days to expire on the cross. The Lord Jesus hung on the cross for six hours. Short. In fact, everyone was shocked they died so suddenly. But it's because he had control over how and where and when and at what moment he would die. And he is expressing in this moment his power. His life, in this sense, was not taken from him. He gave it up for us. He dies of his own will and choosing. And here the Lord determines the very moment of his death. He won't hang on that cross for another day or two, not even for another minute. He calls out, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And then John tells us that Jesus bowed his head and gave up the spirit. Or gave up the ghost, you'll see in the old King James. And by the way, that's the only place where death is described in that way. None of us willfully give up the spirit. It's just given up. This is an expression of the power of the Lord Jesus to determine the exact moment in which he turns out his spirit to the Father as he gives himself up on the cross. It's only spoken of it. It can only be spoken of Jesus Christ. He had complete mastery over himself and over his death and the exact moment of the time of his departure and he gave himself into death and his spirit was given over by him at that time. The entire time, the other thing you might say here, it says he bowed his head and died. That tells us something. The, the whole time that the Lord Jesus has been on the cross, he's looked through it with his face straight ahead. He's endured the pain and the suffering, looking out upon those that he's suffering for. Straight ahead the whole time. But the moment comes when he consigns himself to the Father and the Spirit to the Father. And immediately as the word comes out from his mouth, his head goes down upon his chest, and he's gone. There's no lingering departure, no struggle to turn over to the other side, no slow death. Immediately, he goes into the arms of his father. Now, again, put yourself at the cross. You've been mocking him. Now, with full vigor, with a shout louder than he's ever cried out before, he shouts out, to tell us die. It is finished. It is accomplished. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And then his head goes on his chest, and he's gone. And he's gone. What a shocking experience. As they all watched on, no struggle to die, such command. Those around the cross, we're told, went to their homes after this moment, beating their chest. They're no longer ignorant of what had happened there, nor of who it was that hung upon that cross. Not entirely. 
The Roman soldiers, they say in that moment, this was the Son of God, we're told. That's a declaration of who Jesus Christ was. The centurion says, this was a righteous man. That's a declaration of what they'd all done. They had just crucified a righteous man. What was left for them to do with that knowledge It was to repent and believe on him. Eventually, many of them did. Many of them did and were, and were forgiven. That's where we come to at the end of that moment. What a beautiful commanding picture of our Savior in the midst of his sufferings. Here's just a couple of questions for you. Have you fully claimed that finished work for yourself? Are you living in the promise that all of your salvation has been thoroughly and completely accomplished by Jesus Christ? Are you free from a life of earning and deserving with God? The sooner you're free from that, the quicker you can live a life of pleasing and delighting in Him instead. The sooner you can come with nothing left to do, no law to keep to earn your salvation, the sooner you'll get to seeking out a standard to follow in order to simply celebrate the free salvation that's yours. Here's another question. Are you ready for the day of your departing? Are you confident that you can, in that hour, commit your life and your spirit in the hands of God and know that you'll wake up in His arms and in His presence. If not, you're only a gift to be received away. When you receive that gift of the accomplished salvation of Jesus Christ on the cross for you, you begin to live forever. You drink in deeply, eternally, of everything He purchased for your sake at that place. This has been the Bread of Life, a ministry of Church Partnership Evangelism and the Bread of Life Church in Boise, Idaho. To learn more, go to traincpe.org or breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, may God bless you.